Thanks for joining us on the Father's House podcast, where we are leading people into a growing relationship with Jesus. Want to learn more about us? Check us out online at thefathershouse.com. We'd love to stay connected. Now, let's go to this week's message. Would you open your Bible to Mark chapter 5, verses 25 through 44? You ever felt desperate? How many has ever had a desperate situation in your life? Or maybe that's where you are today. Uh, what happens when we become desperate? Well, it's usually a challenging situation that drags on and on and on, and it seems unbearable, and we feel like that we're helpless and we're hopeless. Maybe it's uh, joblessness. You've been looking for a job, and you haven't found a job. Maybe it's a painful disease that you have, and it just seems like everything you do, nothing gets any better. Or maybe it's broken relationships, or maybe it's a rebellious teenager, or maybe it's your own struggle with addiction, drugs, alcohol, that you used to cope and justify, and you keep saying, I'm going to get over this, I'm going to get over this. Let, let me share something with you today that I think is a gift from God that nobody wants, desperation. I believe desperation is a gift from God. The reason I say that is because when we get desperate, when we come to the end of ourself, then we're ready to surrender everything that we have to the Lord. You see, what happens a lot of times before we get to desperation, we keep thinking we're going to figure it out. Or we keep one. It's sort of like to me, it's like people see Jesus as a giant vending machine. Today, I'll take some healing. Today, I'll take some prosperity. Today, I'll take some favor. Today, I'll take some peace. And they want the items but they don't want him. And then they say, I don't know why I keep struggling with this. You know why? Because you're not surrendering. It's that you want a piece of Jesus of what he will bring, but you haven't really surrendered. You haven't got desperate enough to say, Lord, I'm all in. I'm falling at your feet, whatever you need to do in my life. There's a story like that in Mark chapter five, if you'll look with me. Mark chapter five, verse 25, if you'll follow along. Now, a certain woman, we don't even know her name, had a flow of blood for 12 years. She's been an outcast for 12 years. Look at this. She suffered many things from many physicians. She spent all she had, and she was no better. In fact, she grew worse. But when she heard about Jesus, could you underline that? When she heard about Jesus, she came, underline that, she came behind him in the crowd, and she touched his garment. Look at that. For she said, if I can only touch his clothes, I'll be made well. Immediately, when she touched him, the fountain of her blood dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of the disease, the affliction. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, turned around the crowd and said, who touched my clothes? And the disciples said, Lord, are you out of your mind? There's people all around you. Look, look at the crowd. And you say, who touched me? And Jesus looked around, look at, I love this, to see her, to see her. And the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. Notice her public confession there. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction." It's the story of a woman who wanted to just sneak up and get a healing and sneak out. She didn't want to bother Jesus. 
She didn't feel worthy of that. But the scripture says that in the midst of her affliction that she heard about Jesus. Now, she could have easily been discouraged and complaining about her life. But she says, if I can just get to Jesus and just touch the fringe of his garment, I know I'll be healed. I don't want to bother him because I'm a, I'm a nobody. And in fact, if anybody recognizes me in the crowd, I have all hell to pay because I'm not supposed to be around anybody because I'm un unclean. But she started making her way through the crowd. Now, now, we see little pictures of just a few little people, but there's people all around Jesus. And you've been sick for 12 years with this issue of blood and you're weak, right? So can you imagine her saying, excuse me, excuse me, people saying, what do you mean? Get, get behind me. We're all waiting. We're all waiting. But she was so determined, she kept pushing her way through because she believed that this was the only hope that she had. I believe there's some of you that are here today and some of you are watching online and you feel that very same way. You're saying, today is the day. I know today is the day. Today is the day that I believe Jesus is here where I am. And I, I, he's shown up today and I'm going to push through whatever I have to push through to get to him. I personally, I tried to relive this in my, in my dreams last night. I had a tough, tough time going to sleep. I was praying. And, and, uh, and, and so I tried to relive this. When I, when I read a Bible story, I try to relive that. And I see that. And, I, and in my thoughts last night, uh, late, I, I could see this woman struggling. And she's tired. And people are pushing her. And she falls. And nobody even helps her to get up. But she doesn't stop, and so she crawls the rest of the way until one finger gets close enough to just touch the hem of his garment. And boom, just like that, the blood issue dried up. She felt within herself that she was healed, and I can see her start to sneak away. And Jesus says, who touched me? He knew who touched him, and he looked at her. And she came and fell down at his feet, and she told him the whole story of the desperation that she had. And I believe, here's what I saw last night. I believe Jesus smiled at her. Because, you see, the disciples are impatient, and so is Jairus, because Jairus is important. He's got a 12-year-old daughter. But this lady, for as long as that 12-year-old daughter has lived, she struggled with a disease for 12 years. And Jesus looks at her, and he calls her his daughter. He doesn't call her this woman, but he calls her his daughter. And, and I, I just saw this last night that he smiled. He reached down and took her by the hand and stood up and said, go home, daughter. You're well. You're healed. You touch me. You touch me. You touch me. You touch me. And I believe some of you may be able to identify with this woman today. So when I looked over this story for the last several months, I said, Jesus, what do you want to teach us? And I believe here's the first fill in that I see. We need to place our expecting faith in Jesus. Say that with me. Place expecting faith in Jesus. In fact, I sort of personalize this. I say it like this. Place my expecting faith in Jesus. Sadly, Jesus is a last resort for a lot of people. Scripture says this woman suffered at the hands of many physicians. Physicians. And she grew worse. I mean, one time she had this affliction, but now she's got no money, and she's worse than she was at the beginning. In fact, one of the, one of the prescriptions that she would have taken was this. Eat barley corn 
from the dung of a white she-ass. Hello. She's physically exhausted. She's socially ostracized. She's down to her last prayer. It's not the first time I've heard people say, I don't know what else to do. I've tried everything there is, and I can't get rid of this disease, this sickness, this affliction, this addiction. Martin Luther said, faith is a living, daring confidence in God's grace. Boy, I love that. It was so sure and certain that a man <clears throat> could stake his life on it a thousand times. If you believe that, say amen. amen. Verse 27 says, when she heard Jesus, she heard the miracles, she heard the story, everything about Jesus. D.L. Moody said, I prayed for faith and thought someday faith would come down and strike me like lightning, but faith did not seem to come. One day I read the 10th chapter of Romans, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. He said, I had up until this time closed my Bible and prayed for faith. He said, now I opened my Bible and I began to study and faith has been growing ever since. Jesus said in Matthew 9, because of your faith, it will happen. Say this with me. My expectations determine what I receive. Let's say it together. My expectations determine what I receive. Let's say it again. My expectations determines what I receive. So what are you expecting today? Are you expecting regular, ordinary service like this? No, no, no. What are you expecting? Second thing I learned from this, that we need to confess our faith. Confess your faith. And I personalize this to say, confess my faith. She said, she was saying, I know healing is coming. I know things are turning around in my favor. I know it's tough. I'm tired, I'm weak, I'm desperate, but I feel like I'm close to my breakthrough. She had a risky decision based on a crazy hunch and a high hope that if she could just touch the hem of his garment, and maybe that's you. Maybe you've got this hunch today, something working on the inside of you, that maybe this is the day. Maybe this is the day that if I can just get, if I can just press through the obstacles and if I can just touch him. How many of you know sometimes you got to talk to yourself? You ever have to talk to yourself? Say something like this. I know breakthrough is coming. I know healing is on the way. I know the right person is in my future. I know that what God started, he's able to finish. Sometimes we have to change our minds, stop feeling sorry for ourselves, and begin to speak. I'm not a victim. I'm not a victim. I, I'm going to get better. I'm not going to live with this. I'm going to get rid of my excuses. People say, but what if I believe? I've tried to believe before. What if I believe and it doesn't happen? But listen, what if you believe and it does happen today? That's what I'd like to say to you. Begin saying what, the, what you expect. Confess your faith. And number three, don't give up. Don't give up. I just say, I'll not give up. You see, she was closest to her miracle when she faced the greatest opposition. I'm here to tell somebody today, you faced the greatest opposition that the, this week with your sickness, with your disease, with your addiction. But I'm going to tell you, that opposition has only mean that you're so close. You're so close 
to what God has for you, and you don't want to give up. You see, the crowd represents voices that get into our head. You're never going to get better. You're never going to be well. You're never going to get rid of this addiction. Things are never going to turn out. You're always going to have this. You'll never be better. Listen, for 12 years, 4,383 days, 144 months, 624 weeks, 100,005, 192 hours, she's had this disease and said, you'll never get better. You'll never get better. You'll never get better. But on this day, something happened in her her faith was illuminated because she heard about Jesus and she pressed through the crowd. Say this with me. Jesus is here. I know he's here. He's here. Listen, this disappointment's not going to stop me. I'm not going to let my mistakes stop me. I'm not going to let my guilt stop me. I'm going to touch him today. And the fourth thing I see today is that we need to demonstrate your faith. Demonstrate your faith. Demonstrate your faith. James 2 and 26 says, faith without works is dead. See, it's not the form of your faith, it's the fact of your faith. We all don't react in the same way. Look at this. Jesus doesn't lay hands on her. She, lay hands on, she lays hands on him. Some of you are waiting for Jesus to call you out and lay hands on you. I've got this problem, Jesus, and you're not doing anything about it. No. Touch him today. Touch him. Jesus said, who touched me? The disciples said, people are all around you touch." He said, no, no, you missed it. People are bumping up against me. But somebody touched me with expectant faith. You can come to this church today, and you can bump up against him, you can bump up against him, or you can say, you know what? There is an expectant faith that is alive in me. I've got a hunch, and I've got a high hope that today is the day that something awesome is going to happen, and I'm going to leave here today whole and complete the way he wants me to be. But here's the question. Are you demonstrating anything that shows that you have faith? Well, if Jesus wants to do it, he'll do it. What are you demonstrating? What are you demonstrating? Where are you demonstrating? What have you done? How have you moved towards him? How in your heart have you moved towards him? Here's a simple definition of faith. I love this. It's a feeling that he can and a hope that he will. It's a feeling that he can and a hope that he will. Would you say that with me? It's a feeling that he can and a hope that he will. Look at this verse, Hebrews 11 and 6. But without faith, it's impossible to walk with God and please him. Whoever who comes near to God must necessarily believe that God exists. Read this with me. And he rewards those who earnestly and diligently seek him. Now, Jesus completes the miracle. She came, wanted a healing. But Jesus said, oh, no, 
I'm not a vending machine that just gives out healing or just gives out peace or just gives out forgiveness. I don't want you to embrace the miracle. I want you to embrace who I am to you. Jesus said, I want you to linger a little while in my presence. I don't want you to sneak in and get a miracle and then sneak home and think that's all it was. But I want you to know that I left heaven and I came walking along this earth because I knew there would be people like you that are desperate and I showed up today in your city, not only just to give you healing, but I want you to know I'm your Jesus, I'm your Savior, I'm your lover, I'm your forgiver, I'm your soon coming King. I want you to linger in my presence until you have so-so complete healing and not just a miracle. Oh, hallelujah. If you believe that today, give him a praise. When you feel exhausted and all your resources have been expired, he's here. When you're hurting and falling apart, he is here. When you feel alone and don't know what to do, he is here. Jesus is here. Don't just brush up against him. Don't just be passive this morning. Reach out and touch him. Release your faith. Release your faith today. Earlier, Lisa had heard and saw a vision. She's one of our our great intercessors. She said, in that quietness a little while ago, I actually heard footsteps. My eyes were closed, and I opened my eyes to see who was making the footsteps. And she said, I saw Jesus step up on the stage. And she said, the next words that came out of Andrea's mouth was, the king is in this place. The king is in the room. This is not an ordinary day. I'm not calling you up today to lay hands on you. But I wonder how desperate you are for a touch from the king who's in this house. He's in this house. He's here. You've been carrying that sickness. You've been carrying that addiction. You've been carrying that struggle for so long. I wonder, would you be able to demonstrate to him today? Today's the day. Jesus, I'm going to touch you. If you're here and this sermon touched your heart in some way, and God is speaking to you that you need to touch him today. I want you to stand to your feet. I want you to raise your hands to him, and I'm gonna pray for you today right now. I want you to touch him today. Let that desperation reach out. Father, I pray today for those that are standing and those that are online, those that are sick, those that have been struggling, Lord, with so many things for so long. God, we don't just read your word and say, oh, that was nice and that was for history. No, we believe, God, just as Lisa saw that vision. We believe that you're in this house right now. We believe that you're here today, Lord. We believe with all of our heart that you are here. Reach out and touch him right now. Tell him what you have need of today. Tell him in the desperation that you have. Long enough, Jesus, I suffered with this. Start speaking. No longer am I going to have to deal with this. 
This is my day. This is my time. The king is in the house. This is a day that the Lord wants me to reach out and touch him. Listen, we were going to do this different, but Andrea, let's do that song now. And as you continue to reach out to the Lord, would you sing some of this song and, and, and let this be your prayer, right? Push in. Demonstrate, 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 demonstrate your faith today. And let, let's, just, let's just worship in this song. I just feel this strongly. Come see the scars of love upon his hands. The king is in the room. And we'll watch the darkness flee at his command. Who is this king? Who is this king? His name is Jesus, His name is Jesus, the light of the world, there's freedom in His name, awesome in power, reigning forever, light of the world, there's freedom in His name, His name is Jesus. His name is Jesus, the light of the world, and there's healing in His name, awesome in power, reigning forever, the light of the world, there's healing in His name, there's never been a love so great. He died so we could live. Then he rose up from that grave. Name another king like this. Now all authority forever belongs to him. He reigns in victory. So name another king like this. Now I know what some of you are thinking. No, I thought the day that I'd be healed, it'd be in a healing service and people would lay hands on me. I thought the day that I would be healed, it would happen like this and happen like that. No. This is such an important day that he showed up right where you're standing or right where you're watching online. How many of you, by faith, would say today, I know without a shadow of a doubt that I touched him and he touched me today? Would you raise your hand? Would you give him a hand clap and say, yeah, Lord, I thank you. I believe you today. I believe you. I believe you. You say, well, that's just, that's just hype. No, that's not hype. That's faith. That's being obedient and trusting him. You're going to hear some more about that next week. Being obedient and trusting him. But you know what? You may be here today and you say, you know what? I just, none of this makes sense to me because I don't even know if my heart is right with Jesus. You know how important you are to Jesus? He left the comforts of heaven and he came to this world. He lived as a sinless man. He went to the cross and he died for your sins and my sins. Sins have to be paid for. So you have two choices. You can pay for your own sins 
by spending an eternity separated from God in hell. Or you can say, you know what? I realize Jesus came and he paid for my sins. So you know what? I'm going to take him up on that. I'm going to take him up on that gift. I want to invite him into my heart and into my life. If that's you, with nobody bowing their heads, with every eye opened, if that's you today, and you need to surrender your heart to the Lord or rededicate your heart to him today, would you proudly raise your hand and say, yeah, that's me. I want to be sure everything is right between me and God. Thank you. 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 Would you pray this with me right now? Father God, thank you today. I know you're in this house. And I ask you to forgive me of my sins and to be my Lord and Savior and give me a purpose for living and a hope for tomorrow. I thank you. It's our honor to play a small part in all that God is doing in your life. We would love to continue with you on that journey. To find out what your next steps might be, visit thefathershouse.com slash next. Join us next week as we continue to love God, help people, and build the